Perspective is up next on Manx Radio and on the programme this week. The effect on their mental health, their physical health, the effect on their families, the use of life savings and credit cards to bolster their businesses, the increased hours worked and the personal cost they have suffered. I don't believe you can truly understand why resolution to this is so essential and so urgent. There will be a new uh, marketing budget that will be launched very early uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks uh, to to support this initiative. And then secondly, uh, there will be emergency assistance for uh, for the retail industry, which Treasury have supported in principle. A Timwald committee has been continuing its investigations into the ongoing refurbishment works on Douglas Promenade and the impact the project is having on businesses in the area. The Nation Station, Radio. Mai, good day and welcome to this week's episode of Perspective. I'm Dolan Mercer. This week we're taking a look at what's increasingly becoming one of the biggest talking points on our island. Originally a Department of Infrastructure project, the refurbishment works on Douglas Promenade have now gained cross-departmental input, with Enterprise and Treasury to be involved from here on in. Infrastructure Minister Ray Harmer says the scheme is already a number of weeks behind schedule. But the job of his colleagues elsewhere in government will be to work with those who've been worst affected by the disruption caused. After one o'clock, we'll hear from the Enterprise Minister Lawrence Skelly and Member for Tourism Rob Callister live in the studio. But first, we're going to listen in as that duo, along with senior civil servants from the department, gave evidence to Timwald's Environment and Infrastructure Policy Review Committee, a panel Mr Callister normally chairs. The politicians were joined by Chief Executive Mark Lewin, Angela Byrne, Head of Visit Isle of Man, and Tim Cowsell, who's the Business Development Manager at Business Isle of Man. The remaining members of the committee are MHK's Chris Robertshaw and Mrs Claire Barber. Until you have sat with business owners and heard them tell of the effect on their mental health, their physical health, the effect on their families, the use of life savings and credit cards to bolster their businesses, the increased hours worked and the personal cost they have suffered, I don't believe you can truly understand why resolution to this is so essential and so urgent. First and foremost, appreciate the opportunity to be before you, as we too would regard this as a uh, very important issue. Um, I think it goes back many, many years. Mr. Robertshaw probably remembers more of them than most, uh, both uh, both sides of the uh, spectrum, and from a business and uh, from a political uh, point of view. Douglas Promenade, as we all recognise, is the gateway to the Isle of Man. It's our shop front. Uh, we had. Uh, a debate about this. Uh, it's been re- raised a number of different times and we've had uh, overwhelming Timwald support to actually get on with this project and I hope that sort of highlights what we as a government and we as Timwald uh, have taken on in terms of projects that should have been dealt with many many years ago. So it is a huge project, it's a um, national project and it is something that uh, we think is very important. So, whilst Timwald has uh, clearly supported overwhelmingly, Treasury has uh, has endorsed it, I think the Council of Ministers has endorsed it, and uh, from our point of view, we think it is very important to uh, complete this project. So, the journey we have been on and where we are today are two different things, and I think we would recognise that particular point. Uh, From our point of view, as a uh, Department for Enterprise, whilst we have supported it, we have not been involved with the detail of it, because clearly this is an infrastructure 
infrastructure project and uh, we also want to support that and we know it's very important. Uh, our interest is around the businesses which you very clearly highlighted in your opening statement, uh, Carlec. So in terms of our involvement, uh, we typically do not get involved with re regeneration infrastructure projects. Uh, our remit is quite different, it's about supporting economic growth. Uh, clearly we have a retail interest, clearly we have a tourism interest, and we'll get into some of the details there, But and we'll also get into some of our limited powers and uh, clearly our limited funding as well. What we have been is a conduit. Since April we have been involved with this project very intimately. Uh, that has been done so voluntarily and uh, when we've recognised that, uh, that the plan is not going according to plan, uh, shall we say, uh, it's very complex. You picked up on that very earlier in, in, in a number of your um, presentations and uh, deliberations and uh, we have offered uh, support from that and that's why you have an extensive panel before you today representing tourism, representing uh, retail. And from that point of our involvement uh, we've had over 70 meetings that we've actually engaged with both internally and externally trying to offer our support where we possibly can. And our support is, uh, to date has really been around the practical issues and also about the financial support which we'll get into some of the detail of. In terms of the financial support uh, we have clearly launched an interim uh, offer uh, to the retail businesses which has a number of uh, criteria and qualifications and we have been working very closely with Department of Infrastructure and Treasury looking at other mechanisms that uh, we, we can offer in terms of support and we will uh, move on to that uh, very shortly. Um, what we would say, and I'll just conclude here at this point in terms of an opening statement, that we recognise that this is a very complex uh, um, engineering project, but it's a very important project without doubt, and we as a department are very keen that we provide a supporting role for those businesses who I would also recognise have been under extreme stress and uh, trying to understand the, the impact, which is obviously one of our roles and responsibilities uh, to date. So we are acting as a conduit, we are acting as a support, and uh, we are very much committed to seeing this project through that's very important for not just Douglas but for the Isle of Man. And uh, we'll leave it open now to uh, to questions. Thank you very much for that uh, that introduction. Um, you mentioned that in April you got involved voluntarily. I wonder at what point did each agency of DfE become involved with the Promenade Project Board, if they are certainly business and visit agencies? I might uh, actually ask uh, Tim to actually uh, respond to that at this particular time, as uh, he has been uh, involved with the vast majority of those meetings. Yeah, so um, in April we were with, there was movements in the political members in the department and also DOI asked us to, to get involved and that's when we started to build a case and to want, try and understand the situation the businesses were in. Okay. And what engagement was there between DOI and DfE prior to the scheme commencing? Because in the August written answers for Timwald, obviously there was some uh, contention between the answers given by DOI and DfE as to whether there was consultation or not. Um, I wonder if we could try and unpick that a little bit. You may. Um, yes, there was no formal consultation uh, between, as I said, ordinarily uh, the... Um, uh, the department does not get involved with regeneration and uh, capital projects of a domestic and maintenance nature, uh, but clearly 
I think picking up the severity of impact that we were uh, uh, noticing with regards to business uh, we uh, we offered our assistance at that particular time since April and then I've obviously been very heavily involved since then. You say that uh, you don't normally um, has the Council of Ministers been reflecting on that process about not being engaged in an appropriate way in, in a, a project of such profound and significant potential impact. Does the Council Ministers consider that they want to review the process of how engagement between departments were prior to such a scheme as this? Yeah, I think, yes, I think we all are reflecting uh, on that particular point and uh, Council Ministers has had updates um, uh, very recently, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, the issue, and I think uh, Treasury, and I think the point is here in terms of uh, Treasury's, um, uh, Treasury Ministers made a statement about the reintroduction of the uh, central projects unit being uh, managed uh, in, in a central basis. Similarly, I think, with regards to uh, communication being more central too. So, uh, yes, I uh, have reflected upon that and I think you know we look forward to your report to see what your recommendations might be going through this um, I have you know personally like yourself I've lived through regeneration projects and know that they are disruptive and uh, have adverse effect on businesses and uh, residents alike uh, but in this particular case I think the scale and complexity of it is so uh, significant and of course with the plan changing uh, that has made uh, matters uh, much more difficult and uh, to, to, to deal with. Uh Good to hear that. So you, you would accept that actually in, a, in an ideal world, retrospectively with hindsight and all that stuff, it would have been far, far better for you to have been able to engage at a much earlier stage? Yes, I, I would. I think Mark would like to. And if I could just them. expand on that. The, um, and as Tim mentioned, so when obviously in, in, in April it became clear that the impact was far greater than, than people expected, businesses were hurting a lot more. We, got, we offered assistance, we became engaged. Tim has been at uh, weekly project meetings, including with the DOI, with the contractors. I've been inserted in terms of the broad uh, program board. Um, and central communications through the cabinet office have also been assisting. To, so, so government has come together, but accepting the, you know, the, the question in hindsight where we are today, which is clearly different to where we thought we would be, some of that coming together would undoubtedly have been of benefit earlier on. Thank you. What um, engagement was there between Visit Isle of Man and the business agency um, with prom businesses prior, so not directly with the scheme, but with businesses prior to the, the scheme commencing? Oh, I don't know if Rob or Angela might like to comment on that. Well, we can talk about the Visit Agency. I mean, as I say, I think myself as a political member, we started um, getting um, feedback from hoteliers and um, businesses associated with those hoteliers from about February. And I think um, myself and other political members within the Department of um, Enterprise started tabling questions, started asking those questions, finding out a little bit more about the scheme. I think it's worth mentioning that the promenade's been discussed, you know, the promenade scheme itself has been on the table for over 10 years. So at what point everyone should get engaged is, is one of those questions has to be asked at a later point. But it has been um, discussed numerous times over the last 10 years. But in respect to myself as a political member, I started getting contacted by hoteliers. But it wasn't about actually bookings. And that's the, the key thing about this. This isn't um, about the, the, um, the actual bookings they were suffering. This was about um, the impact the actual work was having on the promenade in respect of accessing those businesses and for them delivering the, the business. The customers are already there. The bookings were already in the system. Um, we can talk later on about what we're trying to 
to do to make sure that um, um, well, as we look into 2020, uh, what we're trying to um, to do to help those businesses going into next year, but more of it related to the noise and more of it related to the fact that there was corridors along the promenade with no work being undertaken. They felt that you know they don't mind going through the inconvenience. What they felt was they were seeing no work actually being undertaken, and that's when I got involved as the political member to look at those works a little closer um, from a political point of view. Now, I'll let Angela speak with regard to an operation and from an officer point of view. Um, from an officer point of view, we have um, good communication with the industry in general. Um, with regards to the specifics in the prom scheme, um, Mr Callister came to me in February along with some of the other political members to highlight some of the comments that they were receiving from businesses specifically and at that point then um, I communicated directly with those specific businesses. At that time, I think February, March time, it was about parking. Um, it was about the fact that they felt they were unable to advise visitors ahead of them arriving um, to give them the information to say that there was going to be a bit of disruption and where they could park and also about accessibility. So, um, yeah, February, March, um, that was when that specifically started to come through. Thank you for that. Um, I think it's important that, that you understand from our perspective that the committee see that both compensation issues and communication issues, which are very much highlighted, are actually subordinate in effect to the scheme itself, its capacity, competence and capability. In other words, communication can only work if the scheme's working well because whoever is burdened with the responsibility for communication um, they can only react according to how well or otherwise the scheme is going secondly in terms of compensation that's a moving feast because if the scheme went really well the degree of compensation required would be diminished so we are putting very clearly an understanding that compensation and communication are subordinate to, to those those key things. We don't see communication and compensation as the absolute answer to this. It runs much, much deeper. But we today here are here to talk about, uh, particularly with you guys, you know, the relationship you've got. But um, talking about communication, you, you say, uh, Rob and Angela, that you were talking in February about no noise issues. Why is it you think then that in terms of the delivery of the programme, there's even this week been concerns, serious concerns, from hoteliers about noise issues. So how much have we actually moved from February to now about noise issues and the impact that guests uh, experience? Um, well, I think it, it's, it's been a um, sort of come to the fore in the last few weeks. We've had quite a lot of communication with hotels. Um, in February, from memory, it was about parking. That was the initial. Um, then the noise issues, I think, started to become apparent. Um, it was sort of April, May. But then they've become more apparent in Loch Promenade um, over the last few weeks. And we've acted as a conduit between the businesses and DOI. So um, any of the communications that we got from the businesses, we would then communicate with DOI directly to try and understand, well, what was the contractual obligations, which um, I'm not 
I couldn't sit here and tell you I'm an expert on this, but we acted as, as the conduit from the businesses to DOI in trying to get the communication channels opened up and also from to, to allow them to understand the visitors' experience and the impact of the noise on the people that were staying in the hotels on the prom. If I could perhaps expand on that. So, so by nature of the works happening in different places, um, def definitely in recent months it's become apparent that there's been uh, works early morning, which has caused directly complaints. And, and also when we stem back to some of that early communication you mentioned before, it's clear back in February, part of the concerns that was coming particularly from the hotel industry was about what level of noise might occur at what times. Uh, and this, this concept of no noisy work, which was in, in the original brief, will occur before nine o'clock, is clearly understood from a layman or from a business perspective slightly different to contractually what that means. So in the last couple of weeks, as it's become clear that we have real um, visitors on the island being woken up at uh, eight o'clock and indeed before that in some cases, we as a, as a department at an office level and at a polit political member level have been requesting that that's been revisited. But, but that is what the way the contractual position was set out so, and, and the idea that um, you know, we, we believe on behalf of the department that, that uh, it, it's not right to wake guests up um, you know, six, seven days a week um, before eight o'clock with, with, with noisy works. But equally, we do respect the fact that there is a contract in place. It was, it was put in place on that basis around constraints which were communicated at the time. And I, 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 I go back to that communication. If communication is done but it's not quite understood by everyone to be the same, that causes a real challenge. And that's where we've certainly been over the last couple of weeks. So working with DOI, working with the contractor, working with businesses, um, the department, we've managed to uh, gain a complete clarity that there will be no works that are not just noisy in contractual terms before nine, but, but are not noisy that intended that will wake guests up uh, before nine o'clock. That's a temporary position, whilst again the contractor and DOI re-look at how can we do this more sustainably without obviously impacting the programme more longer term and causing contractual consequences as a result of that. So that's, what, I think that's what, a real example of where the communication wasn't yeah. wasn't spot on in terms of people's understanding. So where will we be, do you think, Mark, if it transpires that <clears throat> avoiding unacceptable impact upon visitors is at odds with not complying with the contract? Where will we end up in those circumstances? Because ultimately that damages communication on the one hand and on the other hand it damages or worsens future compensation issues that we'll, we'll go on to talk about later. It's a, it's a really complex issue. Do you think we're handling this? It is a really complex issue. I don't think there's a single solution. And, and we go back to what we said before, there are a number of people involved in this as, it's, as the issues have escalated to try and almost find collective remedies to this. Uh, in terms of uh, the broad question, if we go further forward and there's going to be more of an impact on the, the visitor economy, those businesses than we expected, then we as a department will be championing that. As the Minister said, we're a conduit. We can pass the message on. We can explain. We can look for rational uh, options, um, but ultimately the decisions will be those of the DOI who control the parameters of the contract and the contractor working within those. Okay. We, we will certainly champion, as we have been doing, the concerns that we would have from a visitor economy perspective and from a business perspective. Okay, do we have the capacity, do you think, to start trying to measure the difference between damage in cost terms to government on the uh, profile of the contract itself and subsequent down the line compensation issues which emerge in 
subsequent <coughs> years as a direct result of finding ourselves in difficulty now because that's the degree of complexity of this isn't it I, I think that's right where we are at the moment so as the doi minister said the other day an element of reprogramming is going on we will be part to that party to that looking at what the the future phasing looks like i said before we will we will be encouraging that the businesses are part of that the, you said before one of the challenges is having clarity of what is the real plan today so the day-to-day week-to-week businesses know what's about to happen I understand as a result of unexpected challenges that have been faced when you know on the works we've seen um, uh, works happening in different places to what was expected as well as the delays uh, as a consequence of essentially trying to keep the program going and that's added further confusion and concern for businesses who've suffered in a way they didn't expect to if we go back to some of your um, some of the representation that's come in as part of your committee's evidence it's clear that at the outset the original phasing was broadly understood to be a be a sensible approach it was to try and minimize some of that impact but clearly the plan today is not that plan and we certainly will continue to be involved to try and encourage that uh, consideration is made to the businesses and, and if there are opportunities as you say that might have less of an impact they are considered as to what the ultimate decision of that and the financial consequences on either side we're not at that point and we don't have those options yet but that is very much what the com- what the discussions are, are underway with at the moment is, is there a triangulation in between doi yourselves and treasury in a in a way which you you're comfortable with uh, there is now uh, I, I would suggest and uh, and that's what we're trying to do this this political board and and obviously the operational aspects of it so uh whilst this has caused serious uh, extreme stress you know on, on businesses and, and uh, along the promenade what we would recognize now is an opportunity to to try and uh, address that goal forward so uh, the, the whole issue with regards to the start time is is, is, is I, i've been heightened this, uh, this last week or two and, and i think that sort of gives us the uh, um, i think the impetus there to actually be able to address this looking at the um, the revised schedule of works which is what's ongoing at the moment between DOI and, and the contractor. So we will now be uh, involved with that and ensuring that the voices and the impact is understood to those individual businesses because whilst we're talking about tourism businesses here, the impact is very different for them compared to the retail businesses, which is why you know we, we've actually uh, moved forward with, with, the, uh, with the interim uh, support that we have offered, and which uh, of course is the limitation of where our virus is, but also all along we've been engaged with Treasury in this particular process and we have uh, actually uh, provided um, extra uh, details and data uh, for Treasury to consider and I can state here today that uh, there will be a new uh, marketing budget that will be launched very early uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks uh, to to support this initiative once we got this plan uh, uh, revised and then secondly uh, there will be emergency assistance for the uh, for the retail industry which treasury have supported in principle there is still detail to be uh, uh, to be worked out but uh, we have now got treasury uh, support for that because we have to deal with this very immediate and urgent issue right now so we are party going forward in those uh, those discussions and uh, those revised plans We heard there from representatives of the Department for Enterprise giving evidence to Tim Wald's Environment and Infrastructure Policy Review Committee. Rob Callister, MHK and Minister Lawrence Skelly are joining us live in the studio shortly. More after this. The Nation Station, Manx Radio.
Welcome back to Perspective on Manx Radio. If you're just joining us, we're taking a look at what's increasingly becoming one of the biggest talking points on our island. The ongoing refurbishment works on Douglas Promenade and the effect on businesses, residents and guests in the area. Time to rejoin Timwald's Environment and Infrastructure Policy Review Committee speaking to representatives of the Department for Enterprise. This is an extract from later on in the discussion. I just want to compare it to historically, for example, many years ago when Foot and Mouth came in and how the Department of Tourism at the time responded to that unequivocally, clearly and with real impact. Compare it to, for example, the way historically and in fairly recent past we've reacted to to, to where the farmers found themselves in and how positive Timwald reacted to that. Tim, from what you say to me, it seems that your department, uh, looking at the Minister now and Mark as well, is lost in a set of rules and regulations that cannot respond to the current situation. How are you going to get out of it? Well, I, I think that's working across departments uh, with Treasury, and that's I'm, I'm at Treasury this afternoon to, to work out um, the structure of this, this bigger scheme that we're looking to do. I think we absolutely need the other departments to do that, and I've had the opportunity to sit in front of them and, and put that together. What I would say is, with the lights of the drought, um, that something happened to the sector, and they had methods of support, DEFA had methods of supporting within their own structure, which they already do, in terms of the farmers, um, and it's very difficult, because of the wide-ranging of businesses, for us to come to a, a clear uh, way to move forward in terms of that support it's incredibly different we're in the middle of it right now and with a with a re- restructuring of it we're not sure even know how long it's going to take so again it's about being clear that we want to help the business and i believe the marketing is a really good way for us to get people down to the promenade because footfall is down on the promenade it's it's less busy and we want to try and work with the businesses and what they think is best so i think in terms of impact i think the marketing support and then hopefully the financial support that will come on later will will hopefully help the businesses but it's a discussion that i'm having with the businesses day day and day and understanding what they think might work what doesn't work um we learned a lot of lessons from the previous the small scheme that we were constricted under under the enterprise act and i've taken that feedback and i've worked with the businesses to hopefully understand that the things the problems that they couldn't apply for it we've now adjusted and, and helped it's, it's a learning process and we're working all together but that conversation is continually going and i think that's the important bit uh, and, and you you clearly because of your engagement must understand that there are different sectors that you need to respond to in different ways over different time scales and that what happens in terms of the project itself will profoundly impact on that but with regard to the chair's question about the personal deep stress where people you know lose their savings uh, potentially are on the verge of losing their businesses wearing themselves out how long do you think it's going to be before you can respond positively to those people? Because some of them are now beginning to hang on by their fingernails and, and feeling a sense of despair, frankly. What's the time scale? Do you, can, can I ask the, the yeah, minister this? No, uh, well, bring it back to how do we deal with this. Um, obviously, we've gone to the extent of our diaries with regards to the interim support, which is the £6,000. Uh, and uh, what we've tried to do, we've already recognised, which you clearly understand too, the difference particularly between the retail and the hotels. Mm-hmm. Uh, our immediate uh, concern is, is the retail interest uh, around that. So we, as Tim's alluded to there, we've supplied a lot of information data and analysis here 
to understand this impact at this particular level and that's why we um, are announcing today as I said earlier with regards to the marketing support which will uh, come into effect very quickly and that will be all about businesses are open and businesses will have control of how they're going to be able to market their, their individual businesses and then secondly it is the uh, the emergency assistance which is where Treasury really comes into play because we don't have the virus but Treasury does have the virus where they can provide emergency loan opportunities because one of the most critical factors here is for these businesses clearly is cash flow. Uh, we're, we're trying to do this scheme because it is the shop front of the Isle of Man, the gateway of the Isle of man and it's all well and good having a nice promenade but without the businesses it's not going to be any good so yeah. we need them to get to get to that particular juncture so this emergency assistance which with details still to be worked out and you heard there there's a meeting this afternoon it's at the start of that and right. uh, we hope that uh, that will be enabled as quickly as possible and we'll be able to communicate that to the uh, these businesses who are in extreme stress position I'm committee is obviously pleased that you, you, you use the word emergency because in terms of the retail sector, and that's a number of businesses, it is now an emergency and must be responded to in that fashion. So that's encouraging. It is. And, and I will say the figure that, uh, that Treasury ha have, uh, have approved, as detail still to be worked, is up to £2 million collectively. Thank you. When, when do you anticipate that that scheme might be brought to Tim Ward for consideration? Um, we have to wait, uh, allow us to uh, work the detail. It's only been approved in principle at this juncture this week with Treasury. And are you confident, um, uh, certainly from some of the, the, the discussions you've had, it's almost, I suppose, you've conducted a mini consultation with a percentage of businesses on the promenade, that this scheme will truly uh, benefit all those people who really are in, uh, in need at, at this time? If I, if I may pick that one up, so, so if we go back to the comments before about we, we stepped in um, uh, and we did an initial one, we knew it was initial, we made that very clear whilst we considered broader support, the marketing that launches next week we think will help and it, this is about giving them direct access uh, as the minister said this is this is a in principle this is this is loan it's likely to be zero percent interest uh, well, interest free over 10 years but it's not the compensation and I think just to be clear and I know you've made the point very clearly a number of times about compensation that's a topic um, that, that uh, so there's been 13 politicians through DFE the Department of Infrastructure Treasury as we build up through these various different support mechanisms um, compensation is a very difficult topic there's all sorts of legal financial precedent competition challenges about that so the, the honest answer to your question is we believe that the loan assistance is the next stage of that evolution it's about cash flow as, as Tim said as the minister said and it's about being able to give that very quickly to some businesses that are being starved of the simple ability to to pay wages to be able to pay suppliers and to be able to keep trading um, we look with interest in terms of your committee's report as to whether it goes far enough but we will constantly continue to talk to businesses we will constantly continue to champion the needs to make sure that you know we are able to provide the range of support needed so this is the third stage of, of a program of, of, of support and, and the answer to the question is we also as well as talking through with Treasury and putting the details on we also need to bring it back through a number of our own members and, and the department and we also intend on discussing with a number of real businesses out there about 
to make sure this is going to help. We're not, we don't want to launch something that actually misses the mark. So we have a bit more dialogue still to go through. Okay, well, we, as I'm sure you appreciate, we, we, we've made our committee concerns about the, the immediacy and anxiety around the retail sector very clear. So could we possibly move on to where are you now in the second area uh, of concern, which is a little bit more extended, and that is the potential future impact on uh, yields and uh, accommodation levels in the hotel sector as an in, as a a consequence of what's going on now. Where are you up to then? I don't know who wants to answer. Um, we're, in, we're constantly in discussion with the hotels um, and also the guest houses. In fact, it's, uh, most of the tourist accommodation on the prom. Um, we're also in talks with Chamber of Commerce and I think we're all in agreement that quantifying the impacts on the accommodation element of the, the accommodation sector is more challenging, um, partly due to time, because we won't necessarily understand fully the impact till maybe 2020, maybe even beyond that. Um, so we're very conscious of that. During um, the intervening period, there's also ex other external factors that have to be taken into account. We've got new supply in the marketplace with Premier Inn, we've got Colmus Mount Murray back online and we've got Ramsey Park um, which has extended. There's also the potential for price increases or implications to room rates um, through that which could impact the sector profitability. So there's a lot of other factors. So being able to isolate the prom as having a um, specific impact on their bookings and forecasted bookings and average room rates. Um, we're all in agreement it's a bit more difficult but there, there is communication with the accommodation providers. There's quite a few of them are happy to share their forecasted bookings um, and to work with us to help us to understand and analyse that with them. Um, we've had various uh, suggestions brought forward. One of those is in a similar vein to the emergency loan scheme that's currently been looked at for the retail um, businesses. So the discussions are ongoing, but they're in partnership with those businesses. But I think it's also worth uh, mentioning that we have got um, a significant increase next year. We've got over around £450,000 in off-island destination marketing for, two for 2020 next year. So it's worth mentioning that. We're also launching our second part of our Extraordinary Story next week as well, which will start with a TV campaign, which will go out as well. So we are focusing already on 2020, but as, as my colleague um, Angela has already said, we won't actually may we may not understand the full impact on hoteliers until 2020 or even 2021. So this is uh, a continuing moving um, sort of obstacle. We're working with hoteliers, and but as you say, we are focused on actually marketing the Isle of Man as a destination of choice. As you rightfully said, making sure we get the message across that the Isle of Man is open for business despite the work going on in the prom. Thanks. How are the provisional numbers looking for um, coach bookings and uh, cruise bookings, as, just as a sort of broad view of it? In terms of 2020, but, yeah. we've reached out to the coach wholesalers um, to look at the, any differences in their allocations. At the moment, we're not seeing any drop. 
However, the coach market is is quite a um, fickle market. So, we're, but we do have direct contact with the wholesalers and with the tour operators in the coach business. Can I? So you say fickle. It's been very strong over a number of years. It now. has, but in terms of um, they could book their allocation now for 2020. But if a coach um, a week in a, a coach magazine doesn't sell, then they would they would drop that allocation. Okay. So it's to be able to to understand that as whether it's just normal business or whether that's a direct impact from the the promenade works. Can I just add, because you mentioned there the cruise industry, and I don't want to suddenly feel next year that we have this headline that the cruise, our cruise industry has slipped back again. We had a spike this year. We had um, 48 cruise ships penciled in to visitors this year. It was significantly higher than the, the previous year. So I just want to put that on record, that if the number drops next year, that isn't because of the promenade. It's These bookings, um, the cruise industry has booked two or three years in advance. So this year was a spike, and it was, it was a very good welcome spike, you know, with the 40 cruise ships visiting us I would expect that number to drop for next year what uh, engagement have you had with businesses at the bottom end of Broadway obviously that's the the current piece that's being talked about another major disruption in terms of traffic flow so just to try and understand obviously now we're in the here and now where you are engaged you are involved what what's going on there so I personally haven't started looking at the uh, Broadway facility yet. Um, obviously, my main priority was to, to get this uh, paper to Treasury over the last couple of weeks. So uh, I haven't had a chance to do that, but I will be engaging with the businesses with DOI. Uh, we talked about the importance when we met last week, about the importance of having a technical officer with us to fully, so the businesses can fully understand the impact to, the, to that. So that will be in the next stage, but uh, I have been focused on the, on the papers. Okay, and do you anticipate you'll have time to start that before the road is shut? When's on the, the 28th, shot? I think, off the top of my head, um, about a week. I'm off ish. on holiday next week, but um, <laughs> it was pre-booked. Um, okay, but as soon as I get back from holiday, we'll we'll set up meetings yeah, and I'll go we'll, down. We'll, we'll, we'll take an action separately to just look at that and cover. So obviously, um, the DOI are going in. We've encouraged the, uh, a broader um, representation, so we'll make sure that that's covered as well. We'll be there. And uh, just. I wonder, one of the things that has been fed back to us a number of times is that uh, uh, they, businesses have been told, but when the promenade's finished, people will come and see it. I wonder if you could just outline what you perceive the economic benefit of the completed promenade will be. I think uh, for that, you probably need to go back and think of context uh, regeneration projects. Um, I've lived through it through Port Aaron, but I also lived through it as a rare department member with Ramsey, which had probably the most, the largest amount spent on regenerating uh, Ramsey. And uh, they went through a lot of pain, the retail uh, industry there in Ramsey. And it was a very, very difficult pro uh, process, uh, to say the least. All that disruption, similar to what you do here on perhaps a smaller scale, but uh, felt by those individual businesses, uh, fiscally, emotionally, and, uh, and certainly in, in terms of logistics. Um, Within six months afterwards, I paid a visit to Ramsey and I saw over nearly six, seven different scaffolding on the street of Ramsey on buildings that were actually seeing private investment following what was public investment. And really, you look at Ramsey now and you see that, uh, that it really does have a very good retail offer. We've seen it in Port Aaron as well on, on, a, uh, on a different level. And uh, it is difficult, it is painful, but the actual benefit afterwards is, is, a, is a real is a real. 
um, boost actually for, for the area. And what you don't realise sometimes in these cases, we had a situation in Port Down where we had a sinkhole uh, appear, uh, which demonstrates that if you don't deal with these structural issues, and they may be regarded as maintenance, they may be called as fancy uh, paved stones, but if you don't deal with these structural issues, then the the, the pain and the, uh, the the loss later could be much more significant than what the benefit is. So it's very difficult to put a figure on it, uh, to be quite honest with you, but regeneration has determined that every public pound spend uh, demonstrates an even bigger spend, usually in the private sector, in later years. But I would highlight the fact that what we want is to ensure that those businesses on our shop front, the important gateway to the Isle of Man, remain in business. So our focus is helping and supporting those businesses that are there right now. Mm. Uh, you, you and I both, obviously, were in our time involved with regeneration in our... In our uh, but, but you would accept that, that, that there's, a, there's a degree of scale and time that, that's different in this instance here where you've got uh, properties not certain from one... We know, I don't want to revisit this issue because we've discussed it in detail this morning, but um, there is this issue about time and uncertainty because a, a regeneration would pretty well know, a shop would know pretty well because of communications that they were going to have it difficult, and my goodness me, they did, mm. but for quite contained periods with access kept from a pedestrian perspective. He were talking about revisiting the same section of the prom a number of times, you know, whether it's the centre, the, the seaside or the land side, the, 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 the predictions as to well when that would happen have, have proved to be inaccurate. So there's a degree of, of significant scale difference between the two that you would accept. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I think the scale and complexity of this is very, very different, but the only comparison we've got, I think, is re regeneration that's happened around the island. But uh, it is very unique, and uh, I'm delighted that as a government, and certainly I hope as a Timwell that we have tackled this uh, that's been long, long overdue. So what we've done at the moment, certainly as a department, we've given the extent of our support in terms of the interim uh, fiscal support. Now with Treasury, uh, with their virus, uh, there is a marketing uh, support and also an emer emergency uh, loan scheme that will actually be introduced, of which the detail is being worked on as we speak. Okay. Can, can I move on to another subject? Um, just, just wonder, on reflection, how you how you feel about the um, commentary that came about concerning government sending um, businesses to Douglas Council with regard to rate reductions. What what you might smile. What what discussions with Douglas Council occurred before you did that? I'm not sure there was any discussion actually, uh, but um, it, it, when we did write to the businesses, we made a, per, a point obviously of highlighting this particular scheme. And uh, again, having lived through regeneration programs, these schemes have been around for quite some time. There is an application process. Um, it, it's not uh, necessarily very well highlighted, I, I would suggest, which is why we wanted to put it in the letter when we wrote to all the businesses. Um, it's, uh, it's a fairly onerous um, uh, process. and. Uh, 
in, uh, as it stands right now because, of course, there's so many applications. I believe they're not going to hear. They're going to do an on-block hearing sometime in December, which is probably December, not uh, very helpful for those businesses who are hoping and praying that you know, they will get some form of a, a, a rate rebate. But once more, it probably highlights who's got the control and responsibility. This is between Douglas uh, uh, Borough Council and, of course, uh, Treasury, who I think hold the responsibility in that area. So we would certainly recognise that it's available. We wanted people to know about it and uh, to engage as quickly as they can because the sooner they engage, then the sooner they might be able to get something. But as I said, I've heard it's not till December, the on-block hearing. I appreciate uh, your comment there about businesses in difficult. I'm looking at Tim as well on this one. Businesses find it very difficult when they're under intense stress, which has been very well articulated by the chairman, um, to deal with complexity in when they're, when they're in these difficult situations. Is it accepted that, that although there is complexity in terms of how to apportion support, that, that it mustn't be too complex for businesses to respond to because um, I think Tim knows very well my profound disappointment with although respecting the fact that it was very much uh, a knee-jerk reaction at the beginning and sat, sat within the restrictions that you have that we can't repeat anything even remotely close to that that it has to be as simple as possible and as targeted as possible so particularly small businesses can't deal with complexity of the type that a normal bureaucratic process would require but it is inappropriate in what is accepted now by us all as an emergency situation. Yeah, I, can't, I wouldn't agree. Couldn't agree with you more, uh, Mr. Robshaw. To be honest with you, I haven't done it myself personally, been through it, and uh, how difficult to know it is. There is a simple, simple formula, and once more, I think there's an opportunity you, as the committee, in terms of your reporting, to perhaps highlight that because that would actually cut across and simplify all, all the difficulties we've talked about here this morning of how we've tried to help businesses. Whereas you've got a, a, a process already there that, uh, if, if simplified, could. Uh, could, could be a lot e easier for, for these businesses. Thank you. And just um, just as an update for us, with um, it would be interesting to know how many applications there have now been made to the uh, prom the initial promenade assistance scheme, um, and how many applications have been paid to date. Um, so we have had. Um, th oh, sorry, just let me get this right. So we've had two applications. One business was uneligible because it wasn't didn't hit the criteria of the 20% down. We've had one um, application go through and is waiting for payment now to the business. Okay. Um, we Obviously, with the low impact, we wanted to understand why. We've not had that many applications, and we've had direct feedback um, from businesses too busy to apply, as, you, as you've suggested. Um, we have restrictions in terms of our acts that we can't employ people that uh, we can't pay money to businesses that we haven't employed uh, that haven't employed people previously, and we had one that was um, we've had a couple of compliance with um, government liabilities as well. So we, we've taken all that feedback on and we've learnt lessons from this scheme. We heard extracts there from Timwell's Environment and Infrastructure Policy Review Committee speaking to representatives of the Department for Enterprise two of whom will be joining us live in the studio after the news at one o'clock. You can get in touch, you can text us on 166-177, you can email studio at manxradio.com. With any questions, any thoughts on anything you've just heard, join us again after the one o'clock news with Rianne. The Nation Station, Manx Radio.
Fast and by, welcome back. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. I'm joined in the studio by the Enterprise Minister, Lawrence Skelly, and political member with responsibility for tourism, Rob Callister. Good afternoon, both. Thank you for, thank Good you for joining us. Good afternoon. Um, I'm going to start with a quote from uh, Mrs. Claire Barber's uh, introducing comments. Um, she said, We've become increasingly concerned with what we recognise as a lack of capability across government to deliver a scheme of this magnitude. Quite, quite damning that. Do you think that... You agree? Um, no, I, well, this is the job of the uh, scrutiny committee, and uh, we obviously had our um, visit, which was, I think, a, a good, healthy exchange to understand our role and responsibility uh, at, at this particular juncture. Um, capability at that particular level, I think it's fair to say um, uh, where we are at this particular moment. I think the scale and the complexity has has uh, has actually been un- underestimated, and uh, our role and responsibility is trying to understand the uh, economic impact on on businesses and uh, that's what the uh, committee you know uh, challenged just about on on friday and quite extensively and i thought it was a a healthy exchange as i say uh, to try and demonstrate what we've tried to do to to help these businesses because what has become very very clear before you get into all the engineering works and capability aspects of it is that uh, the impact on on businesses down there has been very very significant but it had we got different businesses down there and that was we we explored that uh, too and i'm sure we'll talk further about it but uh, the difference between tourism versus retail for example so very very immediate for the retail uh, businesses uh, and we're very very aware of it and that's why uh, we we gave our uh, input on on friday in an interview with Tim Glover this week, um, you described the project as being a, a unique one in its in its scale and in its time scales. Um, do you think it's been managed properly by yeah, government? I, I, it, it is unique, and uh, it's worth the, the whole context of this. And I think we should always remember that uh, you know uh, th- this is a job that should have been done many many years ago, possibly decades. Uh, the state of the road, the, you know, the promenade is uh, been in disrepair uh, for for a great long long time. And I was DOI minister for a short time, and I remember we did the works around the Peveril all the way to to, to Regent Street. So that's just in the short time that uh, I've been involved in politics, but it goes back. Much much, much further. So in terms of the uniqueness, uh, I think the description of that is in relation to regeneration. Uh, we've lived through regeneration throughout the uh, in Douglas and, and, and the other towns on, on the island, uh, and they have been difficult, they have been painful, but they haven't been to the scale, and again, the complexity, and particularly the, the length of time. Uh, it's worth noting here, we've we, still you know, got a journey to travel here with regards to the works on the promenade, and uh, what we, we recognise that is, uh, it's, it's the gateway to the Isle of Man. You know, it's our shop front. You know, we've said that a few times and it very, very truly is, uh, which is what the Victorians did. They built for us uh, and uh, we want to retain that, uh, that character. We want, we need it uh, functioning and uh, maintained. So we're committed to it, uh, but it, it has had uh, a number of issues and that's where we are at this particular juncture. Mr. Callister, um, the minister's spoken there about it being the the sort of shop window, if you like, of, of the island. You and I have spoken before, especially in reference to the cruise tourism industry. Should we be ashamed of what's what's currently the first impression for a lot of people arriving here? I think, as the minister said, we um, this is the gateway to our island. It's what people see when they get off the boat, cruise passengers as well get an Um, their first impression of the island. We all acknowledge that we had to go through an element of pain in order to to get the work done, which was long, long overdue. I I have to agree with that point. 
I personally feel that some of the work um, or some of the pain that businesses have, have experienced over the last six months could have been avoided with better communication, better engagement and a closer um, examination of what the contractor was doing, especially when the contractor um, had experienced some difficulties. I think there should have been um, greater political awareness as well of what was actually going on in the promenade. Um, we have to remember that the political member with responsibility for highways and roads had resigned early on in this scheme. So um, I do question um, who was actually taking the political lead on this. But should, I know should, it, should it have been the minister's responsibility to start with, do you think? A, pro think? a project of this scale, we've spoken about it being unique and about it being of a, of a different kind of time scale to anything previous. So should it have been a political member? Do you I think? think yes. I think the minister should have taken the responsibility for this. And I know when I chaired the committee initially and we took evidence um, from Ray Harmer, you know, the minister for the Department of Infrastructure, it took some pushing, but in the end, he actually said he was the political member responsible now for the promenade scheme. Um, personally, I think behind him, there should have been the Council of Ministers. They should have been aware of this. But I still feel at the, at the back end of this, some of the disruption, some of the chaos that's gone on in the problem in the first six to eight months could have been avoided with that better communication, better engagement, but also the way the schedule of works is unfolded. I think there was parts that could have been done during the summer, which would have had a minimum sort of impact on hoteliers and businesses. There's parts that could have been done in the winter where businesses were quieter. I, I just feel that, you know, when we look at the department, when we look at actually at our committee, which I no longer chair, I, I really do think they need to drill down exactly at what point did things start to unfold? Because from a tourism point of view, we started getting whispers from around February this year. So that's almost six months into the scheme already. By extension, Minister, um, in your comments to the committee, you said that um, Enterprise hasn't been involved. It's an, an infrastructure project first and foremost. Mm. But you then also said that Enterprise has been involved uh, very intimately since April. Should a project of this size and scale and importance to the island, should it have been a a cross-governmental project to begin with, do you feel? I think that's where the committee uh, were coming from. We're, we're examining that particular issue. And, of course, uh, Treasury Minister's made a statement about the Central Projects Unit, which, which is about a reintroduction uh, of that, because uh, when, you, when you have a, a project of this scale, uh, clearly it requires Treasury support, Treasury concurrence, etc. Um, uh, that means, you know, there's a test there fiscally, you know, and now we're getting into the, the economic uh, impact issue of it. Um, and uh, there, is, there, is a, there is an argument, definitely, for something of this particular rare nature and I think that will uh, we'll have to wait and see where, where the report comes here from the scrutiny committee but I think that might be one of the recommendations. So who's who who makes that decision if a project like this is is in its initial process of uh, you know of planning who, who decides it belongs to infrastructure or it belongs to more than one department? Well, I think it's a process issue. It's a capital works. It's an infrastructure rare project, very, very clearly. And uh, what we you want to do there is to understand what other elements of government could be potentially affected. And in our case, we're all about the economy, all about the business. So uh, if it is a spend, it is a length of time. There is an access point uh, here, and which is another really differential issue, I think, between regeneration, because the access on the promenade is very, very limited. Uh, the critical nature of something like six, six million cars 
car movements along there, and of course you've got TT and all the other, you know, uh, to, to consider around that. So th- this is sort of demonstrate the uniqueness of it uh, with, without a shadow of a doubt. So I think those would be a process qu- uh, issue, and that would likely, uh, I suspect, come out in the uh, in the scrutiny committee's uh, final report. I would have thought uh, they are. Uh, I'm planning on bringing an interim report, I understand, uh, in October's uh, Timwald, uh, which will give us an opportunity to perhaps air that even further. Mr Callister, we've spoken a bit previously about um, your kind of joint roles in this process, because of course you were chair of the committee, um, I forgot, is it recused from, is that the, t- the technical term, the, the, the committee's chair position to then give evidence as um, member for, for Enterprise? Um Talk us about how that process came to be, if you could. Yeah, it was extremely difficult because um, I personally, and this is a personal view, I don't believe I was conflicted at this moment in time. My colleagues on the committee and the clerk for Timwell felt differently. Um, I, I think the, the way that you said to me was that perhaps you'd be able to aid businesses better from, from well, your... Well, there's two elements to this. One I didn't feel because I actually brought this to the committee's attention after I raised questions on the floor of the House of Keys and in Timwald. So I asked the committee, would we should we be looking at the works? Actually looking at the, the works when we started getting um, some sort of feedback from hoteliers and other articles and information relating to the horse, tra- horse tracks and um, other works, you know, relating to the concrete and everything else so I, I raised those questions in the keys first then I brought it to the ken- attention of the committee the scrutiny committee and um, I felt very comfortable that we were focusing in just on the works from a, a tourist hat on I had no sort of feedback from hoteliers that there was any problems because as you say the bookings for ni- 2019 are already in the system Yes, we may have an issue going into 21, um, 2020 or 2021, um, but the full impact of that will not be um, fully understood for a long time. So it was only when we took evidence from businesses and biz- hoteliers started saying that they had given evidence that they were impacted, that my colleagues felt that I was conflicted. So I had a meeting with the, the, the Timwell Clark, had a meetings with my colleagues. I still feel today that I'm not conflicted because my the, the committee's focus has to be on the works. How that work has unfolded for the first eight or nine months, has it followed the, the line that Timwell expected, that the Department of Infrastructure expected, that the general public expected expected i don't believe it did i feel at some point along the way that there is certain elements of the works that have gone wrong and i'm not criticizing the contractor so you know i need to make that very clear this is a massive project it has never been dug up you know for you know 40 50 60 years if not further and the problem is they keep finding problems now I just feel there's a communication issue at the bottom of this. And instead of actually communicating what's going on with businesses when they they found a problem and they've left a hole um, in the ground with a massive amount of um, fencing around it, it does create um, problems. And then when you extend those corridors from 200 metres to 400 metres, it has had a serious detrimental effect. So again, that didn't actually affect the hoteliers in respect of bookings, but it did in respect of access, noise and parking, dropping off points for tourism. So I I totally take on board that my colleagues felt that I was conflicted. I didn't agree with it, but I had to. The, the option was that I had to come off that committee, and I really, genuinely believe today it is better for me to stand shoulder to shoulder with the the tourism team, with the hoteliers, because I can still do all the work I need to do with the critic the criticism 
of the actual works on the floor of the House of Keys and in Tinwald. So it's better for me to stand and do that part as, as a political member within the department and stand shoulder to shoulder with those businesses to help them through this very difficult period. You've mentioned a couple of the problems that have arisen during the project. Yeah. Um, the noise, the access. We heard from um, some representatives of some of the larger businesses along the promenade giving evidence to the committee. Previously, they spoke about uh, the problems in terms of word of mouth, in terms of future bookings, um, in terms of reputational damage, all that kind of thing. How, how do we measure that sort of an impact? I think, Rob, and the, the tourism team have been sort of monitoring this as uh, closely as they possibly can. For example, TripAdvisor, and uh, this is getting into the differential, I think, between retail, which is very immediate, uh, clearly because of the, uh, the footfall, versus what, what's happening in the in the hotel and the tourism industry. So the, the team, I know, have been uh, monitoring, uh, particularly Trip, TripAdvisor and, and things along those nature. Uh, and what we're concerned with there, which, you know, Rob will, I'm sure, uh, elaborate a bit further, is, you know, what happens in the future? You know, so one of the questions was around the coach travel, for example. So there's access issues there, clearly, uh, that we, we need to consider. So where those schedule of works are and what we know at the moment, you know, that there is to be a revised schedule of works uh, coming forward. And uh, we want to make sure that, you know, the voice of tourism and you know business is heard before they uh, do uh, implement a new schedule of work. So that's, uh, you know, about our engagement uh, more, more, more than anything else. But, but the tourism side, we're, we're very mindful of future impact uh, which is reputational and uh, future bookings uh, uh, effectively. You announced to the committee there was going to be emergency measures um, offered to businesses along Douglas Promenade. Yes. Um, we, yeah. what, what, what sort of forms is that, is that going to take? Well, that, that, the, you, the, you'll hear more about that in due course, but essentially what we have done is we've reached the limitation of our varies uh, and uh, what, what sort of support we can we can offer uh, and what we recognise that may not be enough. So is that, is uh, that, is that a funding issue, basically? Is that, yeah, that's, that's uh, well, what it, it comes down, down to, to you know, fiscal support effectively, uh, but it's not just that, it's marketing as well. So there's a marketing budget of £150,000 that will be dedicated specifically to highlight businesses are open and to uh, to promote that and that will be in the hands of those businesses to decide how they actually uh, u- utilize that. Has, uh, has that has that been communicated to the businesses already or it, is this the first they will have heard of it will in, be the, the, in the first the they've heard of it and uh, we the word will be getting out to them in the next couple of weeks uh, secondly uh, through Treasury we provided a lot of information data and analysis about this impact and Treasury have determined that they would like to offer an emergency loan scheme uh, so that's really to help those businesses that are uh, impacted particularly around the the cash flow is, is is one of the things that we've heard you know that may allow them a zero percent interest up to potentially 10 years but the detail is still to be worked on but an emergency loan scheme um my simplistic grasp of this isn't that just sort of booting the problem further down the line financially for people uh, well, we, we we will have to wait and see. You know, this is a, a moving um, issue, uh, I, I would suggest. And what we try to do is we provide some support uh, to, today with regards to our department, uh, which is which is fiscal and otherwise uh, pra- some practical support too. Uh, this is uh, additional support which you know Treasury ha- has determined and uh, closely will be will be closely monitored uh, going forward uh, because uh, the, our, I come back to what our key aim here is to ensure and support those businesses there. Mr. Robertshaw spoke about some historic examples of other big um, problems which have faced the island, the the foot and mouth as as an example, um, Mm. and some of the processes which happened following those. What makes this different? 
Yeah, well, there were, I guess it gets down to the, um, I, I guess, process issue question. And uh, and I, I think as highlighted, I think one of the questions would, would have been, you know, if we're a single legal entity, would we be in this position, for example? The question was more or less posed. Um, and uh, quite frankly, we wouldn't be. Um, but the difference there, if you think back, I think uh, Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture, they have varies to actually give um, additional support with, with, with the concurrence of Treasury. So so that really just tells you government uh, for, for businesses and the public, in, in essence, really. And, and I think it's a, a, another uh, potential opportunity for the committee to come back and say what would they see as a, as an improvement in government processes. But again, this is unique. You know, we've never had a scheme of this in living memory. So understanding, you know, that impact, which we believe has been much greater than what was in anticipated. But from a public perception point of view, someone walking along. Douglas Promenade they don't see the the intricacies between departments in government no, or who, whose who's budget belongs to who or that kind of people say silo mentality that's you know I'm paraphrasing but the point being ultimately the people who are impacted don't actually have any any interest really in where 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 that money comes from? No, no, no. Uh, but but also I would also point back to regeneration, and uh, you know having gone through uh, pain uh, with with businesses, you know for what would be perhaps a, a shorter period, but equally a difficult uh, process. And uh, what happens is you you have that uh, pain through that disruption, and it takes businesses, particularly retail businesses, uh, who are struggling as as is tourism, you know, highly competitive. Um, you know, we trying to recover from that can take years and. Uh, and I know businesses that in other parts of the island through regeneration and right here in Douglas who are still trying to rebuild their business. You know, we just had some works go through Duke, Duke Street. That did that took a lot longer than, than anticipated. That affected a, a lot of businesses there, and uh, clearly there was uh, you know uh, uh, impact. So so smaller scale, but same principle. Mr. Callister, some critics of the Isle of Man government argue that it can be quite reactive rather than proactive. Do you think this is an example of that? I think that's a very difficult question to answer. I think um, it is a unique situation, as, as the Minister's just said. I don't think anybody could have um, foreseen what was going to unfold. I think if you go through the Timbal debates, there's very little questions about impact on businesses. I know a couple of members have asked for an impact study, and I know our committee asked for that when we talked about um, um, the sewerage scheme, you know, the Irish scheme. Um, so. It could be one of the committee's recommendation that an impact assessment is, is undertaken before any of these large schemes. I, I genuinely still believe that I think some of the, the disruption that businesses have experienced is over the last five or six months could have been avoided through that better communication, a better understanding of what's going on. I think if you speak, even listen to the evidence on Friday, I think it was very clear from the two committee members that um, they felt that if, if a, a particular um, schedule of works is about to start outside of a hotel in four or five weeks' time, then the hotelier should be informed of that as quickly as possible in order to make the provisions. Um, even if we go down to something as simple as putting in the pavement at some point in the future, I think it was highlighted in that committee that it might be better for that business simply to close for a week in order for that pavement to be implemented and then for them to come back and the works moved on to the next section there's a lot of thought that needs to go into this I think as I say I'm not blaming the contractor I think the contractor is having to do an incredibly difficult job even though they've done a lot of research before it nobody really knew what was going to be found when they started digging up the pavement what needed to be replaced there is multiple stakeholders involved probably more than any 
any other scheme the Alderman's ever undertaken before. So I'm very sympathetic to that. But at the end of the day, there has been a clear lack of engagement. And I genuinely still believe there's been a clear lack of political oversight and engagement at that level. It's now being implemented. And I, I, I thank the officers within DfE for their part because, you know, the likes of Tim and Angela, they've been engaged every single week since we as the political members within the department have actually brought that to their attention. So I thank them for that. And I know that when I've, I sit on the visit to Isle of Man Agency, that the hoteliers and some of the representatives of the businesses represented around that table have also thanked us for our in engagement and support that we have shown them along the way and it's just a shame that some other political members and the departments haven't done that at an earlier stage when they started being made aware of some of the problems that were going on with the promenade my thanks for some of the messages that are coming in both um, through text and through email i'll come to some of those very shortly the nation station Manx Radio. Last time I welcome back. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the ongoing refurbishment works on Douglas Promenade and the effects on businesses in the area. Um, a message in, this is from Boris. Would Minister Skelly agree that solo mentality is very poor form? I think it probably means silo mentality is very poor form. Governments should not have a blame culture. They should all work for the greater good. Do you not all work in the same building? That's from Boris. Um, not the same building, but uh, no, I, I get the sentiment, and um, uh, which is why I highlighted the point, which of course Mr. Robertshaw has highlighted many times about single legal entity. You know, we are separate entities, therefore we have separate responsibilities, and uh, in a way that does highlight that particular point. So, uh, agree with agree with the sentiment uh, entirely. Alice says, hello, would it be impossible to reschedule work so they were done over the winter and avoid the summer season? It would obviously take years longer, but avoid a lot of damage to the tourist accommodation. Also, in future, would it be possible to have penalties written into contract to avoid contractors leaving work sites fenced off and empty for weeks? Um, that's probably a, a question for infrastructure, but would, would you agree with that? Uh, I'll just add into this. When the, the area is fenced off, it could be because they're having to get somebody else in. So it's, as I say, there's a multiple stakeholders across um, the island that are involved in this scheme. So um, I don't want to be too critical on, on the contractor when they encounter a, a problem. Um, I, I just feel overall that as I say, it's come down to communication. I, I really genuinely do. And I think hopefully going into the second part of, of the works that um, the, the communication gets better. But we have to remember that initially the scheme was going to take five years. And it's one of the questions that I felt the committee should be looking at of, of, of who actually instructed to bring this down to two years. And if we did it over five years, could we have done a little bit more in the winter when it wasn't during our height of our um, tourism season? There's a lot of questions to be asked and I hope the committee itself does not simply focus on putting um, Treasury against DFE and DFE against DOI. It needs to focus on the work when they report the actual what has actually gone wrong, what can we improve in the future for major schemes when the Isle of Man undertakes. One of them is the impact study, one of them is the communication. So I hope the committee are not silo in their own sort of thoughts when they produce their uh, interim report in October but actually focus on what actually has gone wrong with the 
scheme because I personally feel there is a few things on the scheme that could have been avoided, as I've said previously, to make things a little bit easier for those businesses on the promenade. I do believe also major contracts are uh, incentivised to finish mm. early and also equally pe penalised if they do finish late. So all major contracts, therefore, uh, in that particular space, I'm pretty sure these days. I don't have an up-to-date figure, but I know Minister Harmer says we're a number of weeks behind on, on the project. It was sort of nine or ten, I think, so we'll, we'll see. We'll be good to get an update on that I, I think on the last evidence session we pushed him, and I think he said he was around nine. I would be very surprised if it's not um, significantly more than that. I would say a few more weeks than that. And final question for now. This one's anonymous. A lot of people are saying, uh, why was the problem not done in sections to reduce disruption to the businesses? What's the reason why this was not done? Um, I suppose that's part of the same thing. Maybe the reduction of the time scale perhaps has forced more closures. I know this is a, a common um, pet hate of people who have to use the prom. There are questions that need to be asked in respect of who authorised the horse trams to tracks to go down first. I've, I've, even though I'm irresponsible for tourism, I'm still an advocate that maybe going into next year that we do not run the horse trams. We actually have that period of time and use those for extra parking spaces, which I think is a view shared by a few other people. I still feel there is work that we could have done the opposite side of the of the promenade during the summer months and then do the the, the, the works near the hotels during the winter months. I really, as I say, I really hope hope that the committee actually examinates, examines the process of the works undertaken um, in respect and then could have done, could that schedule of work been done better? You, men you mentioned parking and as, as a consumer going into Douglas, um, it, it is quite difficult now to get a, to get a park a lot of the time along Douglas Prom area. I know that some um, measures have been put in to mitigate that. There's, there's some extra parking on the, I suppose you call it the walkway. Um, but that's that's going to be, you would think, not only damaging to businesses on the promenade, but probably on Strand Street as well, Minister? Yeah, potentially, yes. I mean, uh, parking, of course, we've enjoyed the free parking on the promenade, which has become uh, a, a standard stable for us. But um, I, I do think, and actually Rob's point there about, you know, looking at the revision of these schedule of works, considering, you know, potentially not running the horse trams, I think, you know, is, is under uh, consideration there. And, uh, and that's what we've got to look at here is what is the least amount of impact, you know, our concern about business and I think obviously the public too, as, as well as the two the visitors uh, to, to our island. So so there is a revised schedule of works being considered at the moment between the department and the contractor, which, of course, uh, there is a contract there that needs to be uh, considered in, in, in the middle of all that. You know, we want to make sure that the voice of business and tourism retail is, is actually heard and uh, all options will be considered. And hopefully we'll be party to that, uh, that, that decision and uh, which will be the least amount of pain. Um, off the top of my head, when the committee heard from representatives of the larger businesses on the promenade, it was mostly hoteliers or, or hotel groups, and I think there was a restaurant owner. Um, I mentioned there perhaps the, the impact on businesses on Strand Street. Um, how far does Enterprise's efforts expand here? Well, we're, we're here to support economic growth predominantly. Uh, so is that, is that for the whole of Douglas because of this? Is whole, it, of the, is whole of the Isle of Man, I would suggest. You know, we're doing a, a town branding exercise at the moment. Um, but uh, what I would suggest is that, uh, yes, of course, we've been through major works, haven't we, just uh, not long ago with regards to the closure of Market Street, which is really the delivery point of the whole of Strand Street. And that's seen that close uh, for a period of time. Uh, th those works were um, conducted, I think, uh, very efficiently, effectively, and uh, 
uh, it's now open, of course, and we've got a new facility in, in the Premier Inn uh, as a result there. But uh, there are other works that are ongoing, of course. You've got Lower Street that's happening at the moment. You've also got Broadway, which is likely to happen in the near, in the near future there. I think it's scheduled another week or so away. And then we've got the Lord Street development not far behind it. So these are all improvements effectively but does come with a lot of disruption i think from a, a tourist point of view it's, it's worth mentioning that we are continuing to mark the isle of man to say that the isle of man is open we're not just focusing on on the promenade i mean as, as i said in the committee session you know we've we've obtained an additional four hundred fifty thousand pounds from treasury in order to market the isle of man we're about just to launch our extraordinary story phase two which is part of a four-year strategy and that is to help market the island across all sections of our island so in all different sectors so we're not just focusing on just supporting um, the hotel hotels on the promenade we are absolutely trying to promote the island as a destination of choice and to say that we are open for business but we're also trying to communicate the message that um, there is some disruption on the promenade and it will continue in for a couple of years but at the end of it we should have a fantastic gateway onto our island which will pave the way for hopefully a, a spike in our tourism at some point in the future we heard mr robert shaw say uh, some of the the people the businesses livelihoods on the prom were um on the verge of of losing their business or losing their their income words to that effect what would your reaction be if a hotel or a restaurant or any other business retail or hospitality were to were to close as a result of douglas promenade if if the if the impact became that great like i can talk for a hotel a obviously at the moment there is no impact on booking as far as we understand from the hotels we spoke to we are very focused on um understanding the impact going into 2020 and 2021 but 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 it, but if there was um i think that's a conversation we'll have to have at that junction we're nowhere near that and that's why i've focused my attention on just the hoteliers and those associated businesses with those hoteliers. The Minister obviously can explain about the businesses and retail, etc. Yeah, and, and just to, to further expand with regards to the tourism side, we mentioned earlier about monitoring trip advice and so forth. The amount of actually complaints about the actual works are very, very minimal on TripAdvisor, as it turns out. And uh, you do find that the public uh, in general uh, are understanding that this is actually an improvement and the hoteliers themselves are very good at communicating that message. Uh, without doubt uh, but what we have done and of course this goes back to why we're involved here is there is a very immediate issue for the retail concerns and that's why we've in, we've introduced our own interim support mechanism and now there is an additional support mechanism and uh, as you may have also heard from the committee there we are in contact with them from our point of view and I should hope also Department of Infrastructure have their own community and now you've got also the cabinet office central comms uh, there is a, a, a really a cross-section of government that's in touch with these businesses so we ensure that that hopefully does not happen let's speak a bit about um something that mrs barber rose which was the the, the five c's i think it was termed the capacity to deliver within a time frame which at, at, by present measures doesn't appear to be happening competency to project manage effectively um the implication seems to be that that's not really happening effectively um capability to identify risk and mitigate it i'm not really sure Communicating effectively with all stakeholders, um, Mr. Callister, you've said that you think that's probably where the root of a lot of the problems lie, was, was in communication. And compensating for catastrophic loss as well. Um, you've spoken a bit about some of the emergency measures. We've mm. also heard previously about a rates rebate scheme. Yes. How, how, how would that work in, in 
in well, the aid of people. Well, that, that's always been there, uh, Don. And uh, one of the things when we did, when we wrote to all the businesses, we highlighted that because, uh, to be quite frank, it's not very well promoted. Uh, but that's been available, you know, not just in Douglas, elsewhere for other regeneration or any works that you've got. Um, so we wanted to make sure that businesses were aware of this and they could avail themselves of this. Uh, I would suggest that the, uh, the process is quite onerous um, and it's uh, very unfortunate that uh, what's happening here with regards to this process here is they're going to review it en masse, which I believe is not till December, uh, which is going to be a long time and perhaps not very helpful for those businesses who we know are in extreme stress. I think one of the, the points you've mentioned there about um, time scale, you know, can it come in on time? I think one of the serious questions that has to be asked as well, reducing the, the time scale down from five years down to two, was it always going to be at the, the detriment w- of businesses? Was it, was on it ever promise? realistic, though? I don't know. I have gone through um, Hansard and I've obviously, I can't find any motion from a member asking for the timescale to be reduced down from five years to two. I believe it was just the minister who said they are going to try and do it within two years. And was that the start point of this scheme actually creating problems at the, the detriment of businesses? Should we have had a greater thought to say, yes, we can do this in two years, but it's going to have a serious effect on businesses? Should we stretch it out to three and do it in stages as the minister originally as the minister outlined with regard to the lower part of the promenade down by the bottleneck there, which, yes, had some disruption, it had some inconvenience, but it was just very focused in that area. Maybe we should have done in sections. I, I genuinely believe as a Timwell member, that was my understanding. This this promenade was going to be done in, in one or two sections along the promenade, not these massive corridors of 400 metres. Now, I know on the evidence sessions that the minister and um, the CEO of um, DOI have said they're going to try and reduce these corridors back um, down down to 200 metres. They're going to allow greater access to properties. They're going to introduce greater parking. I still feel one of the key things from a tourist point of view is those coach drop-off points because the age demographics of those people coming by coach um, is slightly older. So they do need to drop off very close to the um, to the, the actual location of their hotels. So when they're rethinking of all this, they need to take that into account as well. We heard anecdotal evidence um, from Mr. Staunton from Paparazzi Restaurant who basically said he'd lost about a fifth of his income. Now, I, I wouldn't like to speculate on any sort of uh, profit margins but that's that's pretty crippling isn't it for people i think it is whether, whether that's over two or five years or yeah or. i've been very rest- i've been very restricted to focus my attention just on the tourism element and I, I know you know eateries may be seen as part of that but i you know there are political members responsible for business and political members responsible for finance um I, my focus is just on tourism and as i say i, I was surprised when i heard that evidence what's the next step do you think the, the next step actually is, uh, well, there's two things, isn't there? there uh, we will see um, the committee's interim report uh, in due course, uh, I believe in October. And then uh, the other point is that we are awaiting the revised schedule of works. And uh, when we understand that, I think we'll be able to be in a better position to understand what is uh, what's actually next. And what discussions have happened with Treasury already and what's to come? 
Well, uh, as, as stated, we've uh, been in um, direct dialogue with Treasury for, for some time, and it will be Treasury that will obviously be making the announcement with regards to the details of the uh, the new uh, emergency loan scheme, and uh, we will be very heavily involved in, in helping uh, to implement that and uh, support it and administer it as well. Uh, but I think the early stage, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to actually see um, the marketing uh, budget uh, be launched and uh, we'll be in touch with businesses uh, in the next couple of weeks with regards to that. I'm hoping we're now joined on the phone by Tommy. Tommy, good afternoon. Are you there? Oh, good afternoon, darling. Uh, just a, a point to start with. Uh, the promenade was never known as the gateway to the island, man, darling. We moved down to the Kenilworth in 1957. That's, that's just a made-up made phrase, that, in recent years. If it wasn't the gateway to the Isle of Man, um, what would you describe no, it as? It's Douglas Promenade, and it was busy in those days, darling. Listen, what would happen if, if a couple hadn't been to the Alamand before, and they came off the boat, went to Peveril Square, and there's the signpost there, uh, the South Port, End, Port St. Mary, all the lovely places down there, peel to the west, and the husband insists on saying, we must go over, the, over that's the gateway to the Isle of Man, though. so if you end up in Onk and not know where they are, it, it's, it's absolutely absurd, as are those two guests that are with you. Honestly, they're gutless cowards they are. Thank you very much to Tommy, the former <laughs> owner of the Kenilworth. Um, anything to say to that? Well, what can you say? Um, if it's not the, the, the I mean, it's a terminology. Uh, you could say it's a shop front. It's the first thing you actually see. Uh, if you go back to the Victorians, what did they do when they came in off the boats? They probably walked down the, the walked down the promenade. But what I think we'd have to say is that it, the importance of this and the scale of it, uh, which is why there is so much attention and a big price ticket as well at the same time. Many uh, other administrations have uh, shied away from doing it. Uh, I like to think that this government and this Tim will have supported getting this done. Just finally, um, one of the, uh, well, if not the biggest concern, I think, which seems to have emerged from the committee's hearings is about communication. Um, if, if a hotelier or a local business owner is listening to this, what can they do now to mitigate against the adverse impacts on their business or on their livelihood with the assistance of enterprise well to if they haven't already been in touch which i would imagine they would do they'll know uh, they'll know us i've been down there i think rob you know been down there we've been down there with with our offices on a very very regular basis and uh, we are in direct communication but um i would suggest if you haven't been in touch please do get in touch uh we do want to hear from, from you we want to work with you to try and support you whether you're a retail business or whether you're a hotel business uh we're, we're here to try and assist Thank you very much indeed to my guests in the studio, Enterprise Minister Lawrence Skelly and political member with responsibility for tourism, Rob Callister. Thanks for listening. Take care.